to me and to one another and to God. You have to realize that because as you draw upon Christ, you share what he has given you and other members grow as well. Notice, it causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. Notice, the building up of what? Itself. That means every part is involved. You see, you have to be working. So when you get the idea, well, I don't like how this is being done. I don't think this should be done this way. I'm going to withdraw from the body. You are causing havoc in the body of Christ. You're causing the body to be stunted in its growth because you as one of the joints, the members, you're not doing what God placed you in the body to do. And therefore, the whole body is aching. That's what this passage teaches here. And as I, as I said, I hope to begin a homiletics class equipping man to be able to preach and to teach the word of God. Now, in addition to this, though, to fulfill our discipleship mandate, because that's what we're here for. We are all here for the one purpose, to make disciples. That's what the Great Commission, as we call it, is all about. That's what this text is all about, making disciples. Notice, it's not preaching the gospel. That's a part. But the focus is on making disciples. You see, making disciples contain within it the idea that the disciples will go out to make other disciples. It's an ongoing thing. That's the concept here. So what we're going to do is to focus on discipleship training is that we want to focus again on the discovery classes which have been geared to mature you in the faith if you follow through. Now, there's no use coming in and do one class in book one, wait for 10 months and come back and say, I'm going to be doing book three or book four. You cannot grow like that. It's a process. You build on top of knowledge or learning about Christ. You build and you build. And so we want to encourage you again, those of you who are still not involved in the discovery classes, we're going to begin in February, Lord willing. It will be taught by some of our elders, our pastors. We want you to sign up. Now, for those of you who are new and thinking about becoming members, we want you to understand that we encourage you to stay in Calvary Bible Church for one year before you make the application. We want you to get familiar with the teachings of Calvary Bible Church. We want you to become familiar with the people. Well, during this one year, we want you to be involved in this first course on discovery classes because that's where growth begins. And then at the end of the year, you make your application. By one year, you should know whether or not you want to stay here or not. We don't believe that as soon as you come in, you say, I want to be a member, therefore we accept you as a member. We want you to understand what Calvary Bible Church is all about, what it has stood for for 50 years, and where we are going, and so on. So then, secondly, we're going to have a discipleship seminar very shortly. This seminar will be directed specifically toward teaching members of the body to disciple an individual. The challenge is going to be we want you to, tr to seek to try to win one person to Christ. For a, and, and for one year, you just work with that individual. And we're going to show you how you can do that. Now, if it goes according to plan, the idea is that somewhere along that, sometime along that one-year plan, the person that you're discipling will be winning somebody else to Christ and doing the same thing. That's the idea. And we believe that is also reflection of the biblical concept of making disciples wherever you are. 
All right? That's number uh, one concerning discipleship and so on. Objective number three. Please read this with me. To personally and corporately encounter the people of God through meaningful fellowship experiences through which spiritual gifts might be mutually shared and love for one another demonstrated in a practical manner so as to encourage one another to love and good deeds. This is fellowship now. This is not just socializing, although that's a part of it. If you want to call it, it's socializing with a purpose for helping others. Now, if you notice in all of these, we have the word there, encounter. Encounter God through worship. Encounter the word through exposition. Encounter the people of God. The idea of encounter means interaction. It's not just a brief um, time of meeting or whatever. It's an encounter. It's interaction. And that's what fellowship is all about. Now, fellowship has in the, as the final purpose to help or to love, show love for one another. It's the word kononia. That's why when I first came in here, I wanted to establish that concept by introducing on the New Year's night what we call kononia. As some of you remember that, we did that for several times. Now, the purpose behind that was to demonstrate that fellowship was the idea when people, the people of God got together and they tried to provoke one another, not to anger, but to provoke one another to love and to good deeds by caring. Remember we told you, prepare enough food to help those who don't have any food or when you invite others. That's the idea, all right? Now, along with that, we've started, as you know, periodically we would have what I call communal meals. This is lunch that we have following a service. We do this three or four times a year. And that was the purpose not just to give you free food, although it's not free anymore. You got to pay for it now. Because we have some ladies who believe that you got to pay your way, right? Anyway, but the idea behind that was not just to come and eat. Although eating plays an important role in God's people fellowshipping one another. In fact, if you read the scriptures and studies very carefully, you'll find that eating has a lot to do with fellowship with God. Even the Lord's Supper and the Passover, all of these has the idea of a close and intimate fellowship. And that's what we were trying to show you, that these things that we've done for years, perhaps, that has a meaning behind it. You must understand it. You see, in the early days, not just everybody was invited to sit around somebody's table. When you sat at somebody's table, you were cared for by that person. You were protected by that person. By the way, some of that still goes on today in the East. In fact, many people were saying that one reason why they couldn't find Osama bin Laden was because of the fact that even though he might be in somebody's home and you knock on that door and you say, is Ben there? They can tell you no. Why? Because he is under their protection. You see? That's the idea. And that's the idea of fellowship. It's an intimate, personal thing. And so we believe that these luncheons are a means of doing that. But you must realize that and come with attention. Now, even our discovery classes have built-in means of doing, doing that. We have a half hour before we start the actual classes where we have a time of social gathering and we talk and we fellowship. 
and we have a time of prayer. All of that is to build fellowship. The Sunday school, the annual Sunday school picnic that we are doing, that's the reason for it, to give you opportunities to get to know one another and to be able to share in one another's lives and so on. That's how we see fellowship being done in the body. All right? Let's go on to our fourth objective. Would you read that for me? To personally and corporately encounter unbelievers through meaningful evangelistic missions, opportunities, and passionate social outreach. Now, we've combined the evangelistic and the social because we believe they can be done. And the social aspect of the Great Commission, of course, is introduced by Christ himself when he mentioned that his mandate was to reach out to those who were socially challenged, prisoners and so on, binding up the sick. So evangelism, missions, and social compassion. This is a means of accomplishing our overall goal of glorifying Christ by completing his ministry on earth. To do this, of course, world missions. The conference has been going on here now for... Alan, what year is this world mission conference now? You forgot to? Or is that something? It's something like... Huh? 40-something. And we have one coming up in March, by the way. All right? But it's been going on for many years. And it's the old idea of, of course, getting the gospel out to the ends of the earth. That's also uh, been fortified, if you want, with short-term missions, where we have our young people and others would go to a field for a short period of time to do missions work. We've gone to Honduras, Cat Island. This year, we're going to Haiti. Of course, some years ago, Calvary, uh, people went to Haiti as well with Phyllis. But all of this is a means of spreading the word, of getting the word of God out. World missions, short-term missions, and so on. But now with evangelism, what we have introduced recently is what we call Operation Micah. This is where we combine a compassion outreach with evangelism here. And we've done that. We, have, we didn't have one this Christmas because of many factors. But one of the next steps in our plans for reaching the community here is what we call a community rally. We were planning to do this on the 29th, but we may change that to the first uh, week in, in uh, which month will that be? be? February, because of some conflicts that I just found out about this morning. But anyway, the idea is to have this rally. It'll not be an evangelistic rally per se, although the gospel will be shared. We will have individuals who share testimony of God working working in their lives. But this is an opportunity we want to interact with the people over there. We can give a time for interaction. We're going to be giving out uh, food and clothing and whatnot, uh, but it's a time for interaction. Now next week, I'll be doing a walk about in the community uh, to try to make some more contact with individuals, especially one of the pastors who have a church over there, so that we could involve, be, let them get input from them as well as to what the community needs. Because we believe that we need to 
enter into the life of the community if we are going to really impact them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. First time I did a walk around over there, I got a slap in the face. One of the, I stopped to talk with somebody there who was supposed to be one of the leading men in the area. And I asked him right out, what do you all think about Calvary Bible Church? You know what he told me? Not much. He said, they never did anything for us over here. They looked at us back then as an elite church that was set apart from them, wanted nothing to do with it. That was a slap in my face. Well, I told him, we hope to change that kind of a perspective on them. And so we need to get into the life of the community in order to have a platform, a credible platform, upon which we can preach the gospel, you see? And that's what we're looking at here. And this rally, we hope, will help to do that. Some of the other things we're thinking about is what we call a youth sports initiative. We talked about this before, but thankfully now I got some young men who might be willing to help get this off the ground. You see, some of these things are being spoken about before, but we just don't have the people to carry it through. But now we have, and I want to thank God for some of the young men we have in our assembly. And I want to encourage you to pray for them. We have at least five young men who wants to become involved in full-time ministry. Isn't that great? I think that's wonderful, you see. And so we meet with them and try to encourage them. And uh, I believe that some of these young men uh, will take the lead here in getting this established. The idea is to uh, have an opportunity for the young men of the community there to be involved in basketball and different things like that. Uh, and for instance, when you have a big football event, invite some of them over here to Earl Reach, have a big screen and show the game, but also have a time for sharing the gospel. You see, those are the type of things we're working on. And then we've talked about this before and never got it going again because some who were involved decided not to get involved. And this is an after-school tutoring program. So I want to address now those of you who might be interested in this. You might be teachers or whatever, and you'd like to be involved. We want some counsel, some advice from you to how, about, how to go about doing this. Because we've already found out from some of the people, the last time we went in the community, we had some slips asking them what they thought was needed. And that was one of the things they mentioned again and again tutoring for our young people. And we have people who can do that. So if you are interested in that, please see me as soon as possible so we can get that going as well. So those are some of the things that we want to do as far as the evangelism outreach is concerned. But as far as social compassion, we thank God for Operation Inasmuch. Operation Inasmuch has been going on for many, many years. You see, but that's a socially out compassion outreach. That's why I want you to really be praying about what God will have you to do to provide funds that are necessary to restock in as much as far as food is concerned. We need to do that as soon as possible. Then of course there's Care Kitchen. That is also reaching people in our community. You see? And how many of you have been here on one of the Saturdays to visit Care Kitchen? That's a shame. You, some of you should come here on the Saturday. I think it's the third Saturday of the month. And you will see the folk come in. And sometimes they bring them in from the homes for breakfast. 
Now, something else has started here, too. And, and we want to thank um, Delano Higgs for getting this going. Some time ago, I approached one of the ladies. I forgot her name. She was, one of the, she was supposed to be retiring soon. Um, and we were at a function together, and we were talking about the needs of young people. And um, she even mentioned, it says, do you all have a program or the church that focuses on young men? Because she says, that's our problem in the schools, young men. We need some sort of an after-school program for reaching young men. Well, I had to admit we didn't have anything at that time. But, um, you know, that's something we could look into. But then she mentioned, you know, she says, also, we have children who go to school every day without breakfast. Says, I wish we had some way of providing breakfast for them. So I introduced this to the care kitchen folk, and they were excited about that, but we never really got it going. And then one day I was sitting down talking with Delano and his wife, Marcia, who have, do we have a heart for people in need? They really do. And they're doing a lot. You'd be surprised to know what they're doing right now. But Delano was already involved in some activity down at the school here. So he says, uh, I will go and get a list of the people down there, how many young people come to the school without breakfast. Next morning, he had that. It's amazing. He had that listing. The next week, he and his wife were down there feeding children breakfast. <laughs> That's just number one. Then there was another school he's involved in as well. And as people, more people offer help, because you know we've got to pay for that as well. So far, some of us have sort of been paying for it ourselves because we didn't want to put a burden on the church, as it were. But those of you who might be interested in ministry like that, it's there for you. You can be involved, all right? So those are some of the compassion ministries that we're involved in. But we have to see it as such. These are not simply charitable work. We have to see these as in an intentional way of representing Jesus Christ in our community. All right? Now, here's our overall diagram of our overall mission, mandate, and purpose. Or put another way, here's a diagram of the process and product of what we are doing as a local church. Now, I'm sure that you have seen this before, but I want you to see it again. In fact, it's on the back of your bulletin. Please take a look at it. As you'll see, the end purpose is to glorify the triune God. How do you do that? By completing the ministry of Jesus Christ on earth. How do you do that? By evangelizing the lost and discipling believers toward Christ's likeness. How do we do that? By providing members with opportunities for a personal encounter with the triune God through worship, the word of God through Instruction of the word by qualified men. Encounter with the people of God through fellowship. Encounter with the world, the world God loves through evangelism and missions. The end result is the, is the glory of the triune God. That's the end purpose, the general purpose, completing the ministry. The objective, that's the immediate, how do we do that? We all have it listed there for you. The end result is true or mature disciples of Jesus Christ. Not necessarily 
many more, a, a bigger congregation, although we pray that'll happen. Because you cannot have true disciples who do not make other disciples. Part of being a true disciple of Jesus Christ is that you are making disciples. You could claim to be a disciple of Jesus Christ all you like, but if you're not in any way deliberately and purposely building into the lives of others, you're not really a disciple because a disciple is a disciple maker. That's the whole idea of the Great Commission. Again, we need to understand that and we will be dealing with that a little bit more. I believe that one of the biggest errors we have made through the years when it came to mission was emphasizing the word go in the mandate, go and make disciples. And right away, we have the idea that there's only those who leave their, play, their home or someplace that are supposed to be doing that. But more and more now is being realized what the text is really saying is, as you are going, make disciples. And when you break it right down, the whole idea is wherever you are, make disciples. Wherever you are, as you are going throughout the world, make disciples. I emphasized last time, that means that if we go from here to Miami, Fort Lauderdale, Palm Beach, on vacation, we should be looking for opportunities to make disciples. I use again the Lano as an illustration of this. The Lano went over there in Lauderdale, I believe it is, for one day. He saw a fellow sitting on the side of the road, one of these guys we call homeless people. He went, sat down beside him, and started to share the gospel. Put in a, and this long story short, this man placed faith in Christ, and now he is being cared for by other people in a local church in Florida. Delano was following God's command to make disciples wherever you are. And that's what we need to do. And that's going to be one of our focuses this year as we teach the scripture. All right, let me move on here. Here's a restatement then of our vision to include our overall purpose. Please read this with me. Calvary Bible Church exists to glorify God through a passionate ministry which includes, but not limited to, worship, instruction, fellowship, evangelism, and social outreach. We are committed to achieving the highest quality in our ministry of maturing and equipping all believers for the ministry and some for leadership so as to effectively impact the Bahamas as well as the world, all for the glory of God. Let's continue. We will seek to respond with relevance to the needs of the people of the Bahamas with the compassion of Christ as a result of our love for the triune God. We will seek with loving care to restore to all people to whom we minister, but especially to the people of the Bahamas, the hope that is in Christ as an extension and manifestation of the loving church community we experience as members of Calvary Bible Church. Let me stop there now. I want you to see the importance of this last statement. We will seek with loving care to restore to all people to whom we minister, both especially to the, both, but especially the people of the Bahamas, the hope that is in Christ, notice now, as an extension and manifestation of the loving church community we experience as members of the body of Christ. In other words, we have got to be experiencing this thing in our lives if we are going to export it. You see the point? 
That has to be the basis. We must be a functioning local church where all of the members are ministering to one another through the, through the use of their gifts, caring for one another in an intimate and an uh, ongoing basis. Very important for us to see that. Now, Proverbs 29, 18 says, Where there is no word from God, the people go astray. Again, based on the King James Version, we have it, Where there is no vision, the people perish. That's an unfortunate translation. Because we have the idea now that the vision is what we come up with in our heads. You see? And here's my vision. You follow me to do it. That's not the idea. Where there is no word from God, the people go astray. In other words, it's the word of God that gives the people direction. If you read the whole passage, that's the idea. If you don't get word from God, people do what they want to do rather than follow the word of God. We want to follow the word of God. That's why I say, if we do not unite in our vision, that's the vision of impacting the world with the word, we will fail in our mission to make disciples. So, we will, through faith, seek to reproduce in others the work Christ is performing in our personal and collective lives as disciples of Christ, so that together we might grow toward and in spiritual maturity. If we do not unite in our vision, we will fail in our mission. The idea is here, we've got to see the same teaching of the Word of God when it comes to our reason for being here. All right? Paul says, For this purpose we labor, striving according to His power, which mightily works within us. In the context, it has to do with maturing and making true disciples of those who have come to Christ. And that's what we are striving to do as well with the help of the Holy Spirit. So here's a statement of commitment then. Read this with me please. The supreme mission of the church and so also for every individual believer is to glorify God and serve Him forever. Therefore, if what we do as a church or as individuals cannot serve the glory of God, it will not be done. And that's what we try to implement. We have all kinds of suggestions and things from different people. But most of the time it is not for the purpose of glorifying God. It's the purpose of making them feel comfortable, making them feel good, but not to glorify God. I'm not in for that. My sole purpose as a minister of the gospel is to glorify God. And as a pastor here is from the word of God to show you how you can do that as well. Our overall purpose, goals, and objectives set forth our philosophy of the church and its ministry. This, in turn, must form the foundation for our thinking and activities as a body of people. It directs us in what we ought to be doing. Anything which does not contribute to this philosophy of our purpose, goals, and objectives should then be either corrected, rejected, or eliminated from the activities of the church. We're simply saying if we find anything that we're involved in as a church, that is not for the sole purpose of glorifying God, and we know it, then we shouldn't do it. We shouldn't be involved in it. So, here's what I see then. I, as your pastor, if we do not unite in our vision, we will fail in our mission. What do I see then as far as God's people is concerned? I see a passionately worshiping, diligently learning, unselfishly loving, deeply caring, indiscriminatingly serving family 
whose only reason for living is to glorify the triune God. That's my vision for Calvary Bible Church. All right? And again, if we are going to achieve this mission that we have here on that diagram, we have to see the same thing. So I want to ask you now as we leave today, do you see what I see? What is your vision for Calvary Bible Church? Do you see the need for us uniting in our vision if we are going to be able to achieve our, our mission? Would you be able to say with me, we see, would you read this with me if you really feel this is true? We see a passionately worshiping, diligently learning, unselfishly loving, deeply caring, indiscriminatingly serving family whose only reason for living is to glorify the triune God. Would you commit to that as a member of Calvary Bible Church? That's my challenge to you today. Jesus said, I will build my church. I say, let's help him do it together. Sila. Think and act on these things. Now actually I was hoping to have a few minutes where we can interact with questions and comments but I see as usual I preach a little longer here. But let me just stop for one. Do you have any questions or comments you want to make just before we close out? Anyone? Praise the Lord for that. Thank you. One more comment, then we'll go. Candy? Yeah, that's a part of it. That's another contact. That's why I'm not calling it an evangelistic rally. I'm calling it a communal rally because we want to interact with the people. We were actually going to, I'm hoping to have some of them come up to say some things as well. All right. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. Okay, let's bow on a word of prayer. And I want to encourage you that if you really believe that you want to be committed to this kind of a vision that we have explained here this morning, that you let the Lord know that. And you make that commitment based on what we see God's people becoming for his glory. A commitment not to the church as such, Calvary Bible Church, but to God and to his church worldwide. The church that Jesus is building. Not a church that any man is building, but the church that Jesus Christ is building. And remember... You, as a child of God, is a part of that church. In fact, you are the church in a very real sense. So make that recommitment to him now.
to help to bring about this vision that we've shown today, if God leads you to do that. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for this glorious church that you're building. Thank you for the specific commands that you've given. We have to confess that we've failed in so many areas. But we pray that you might renew our commitment to you and our determination to follow you wherever you would lead us in establishing your church here in the Bahamas and worldwide. Help us as an expression of that church here at Calvary Bible Church to be in a micro fashion form what you desire the church to be in a worldwide form. Help us, we pray, to truly do all that we do for the sole purpose of glorifying the triune God. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Lee, for challenging us and reminding us of why we're here. Let's stand together as we sing our closing song, verse 2 of Let It Be Said of Us. Let it be said of us We were marked by forgiveness We were known by our love And delighted in meekness We were ruled by His peace Leaving unity's goal Joined as one body That Christ would be seen by all Let the cross be our glory Continue to be with us and shine through in all that we do so that we might accomplish the task for which he has placed us here on this earth and in this community and in this nation. Go in the grace of the Lord and make a difference for his glory. And all God's people said, Amen.